things are more emotional and bring families closer together than the sport of football, the athleticism, the brute force, the close wins, and the heartbreaking losses. No team has nurtured that family bond better than the Green Bay Packers, and no place resembles that true football spirit better than the frozen tundra. Many people say you don't become a Packer fan. You're born that way. You bleed green and gold. Now, here are your hosts, father and son, Mike and Sean Reagan, with the Bleeding Green and Gold podcast. Welcome to week 17 edition of Bleeding Green and Gold. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm once back. again, want to thank Marsha for filling in. Um, Sean was, um, do you want to say what you were doing? I was on a top secret covert mission in Mexico City, um, <laughs> disguised as my belated honeymoon with my wife. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were disguised as an NFL employee so they can have a <laughs> game there next year. I think they're going to in Mexico they, they've, City. I think they've had a couple in Mexico City now, which would yeah, be big. really cool to see. Um, but you had a good good vacation? Yeah, yeah. We we had our honeymoon, seven nights in Mexico City. Um, we loved it. We had a great time. Yeah, did a hot air balloon over the pyramids. That was amazing. That yeah. was just amazing. All right. Well, good to have you back. Um, yeah. As I said, your mother, my wife, did a great job. She did. Um, Thank you for filling in, Mom. And her only complaint about her, she said she giggled too much. And I said, I don't think you giggled too much. <laughs> no, I think she did great. Uh, we we should have that. her on again. <laughs> I, yeah, we sure can. Yeah. All right. Packers pull off, I think, their best, the best game of the season with a huge win over the Vikings in Minneapolis. It was 33-10. to 10. Yes, we did have a missed extra point. And yes, we did have a muffed punt that led to the Queens' only touchdown. That's the only complaint I got. Well, so you said best game of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this might be biased as, you know, we're Packer fans that live in the heart of Minnesota. But... Even if we had performed better in multiple games this season, I think blowing out the Vikings in Minneapolis to kill their playoff hopes has to be the best game of the season, no matter how we played. I think I think they still have like a one percent chance that they can make it in there. But, oh, do uh, they really? Oh, I, I thought I saw something today, but no, you're right. We uh, we took <laughs> care of them, and man, you know what I thought was really interesting because, <clears throat> excuse me, um. With all the scoring we had in the first half, we didn't get our first touchdown or our first score until 6.43 left in the first quarter, and that was a field goal. It wasn't even a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it it was a fun game. I actually didn't watch it until yesterday. We're recording this a little late with the honeymoon and getting back and all that. So this is Thursday, January 4th. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, I watched the game yesterday because I could not watch it on the trip. Uh, YouTube TV, are they're pretty clever on uh, knowing if you're trying to watch it from out of the country, and they will yeah, not they allow are. it. Um, yeah, I've I, heard people trying to use uh, virtual private networks. That's and, what I was uh, trying they, to use. Yeah, and they still can figure it out. I was trying to get all tricky with it, but no, they had me figured out. Um, <laughs> but I, I was trying to, like, I was at first I was like, I'm going to try to avoid it for a couple days, watch it when I get home. Um but then I was like, you know, I can't do that. I, I know what's on the line in this game, and it's against the Vikings. I So mm-hmm. I looked up and I watched the highlights, um, which was fun. And then I watched the game yesterday. So it, it was a fun game, though. It was a fun game. And just, you know, you're never going to have a perfect game. But, boy, there was just that offense looked good and all those sacks on those those young quarterbacks and the Vikings. I didn't even see I have to take a look. I forgot how many. Um, I kind of went through my notes and other stuff a couple of days ago. So I've always said I have a great mm-hmm. memory. It's just short. So our, I mean, our, this was four total our, okay. One of our best defensive performances of the season, definitely the last half of the season here where things have gotten a little rough on defense. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it was against some fourth string quality quarterbacks, basically a couple of it's them. Like, 
I, I put Dan Patrick on for the first time in ages. Um, cause I can YouTube TV, I can watch the recorded stuff, but, um, and he was talking about the Vikings quarterbacks. Hang on. God dang it. Oh, I hate NFL.com. Um, but he was saying, you know what? I was waiting for the Vikings to give me a call and see if I could do a tryout to fill in. He said, boy, were they scraping the barrel for their backup quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. man, they really had a tough year all year. They did. I, I asked, uh, I was talking to my friend, Justin, uh, diehard Minnesota Vikings fan last night. And I asked him, I was like, do you want to, should we even bring up the Viking Packer game or is that off limits? He's like, no, it's fine. He's like, what, I mean, what's the point of us making the playoffs anyways with the quarterbacks we have? Well, that's, that's the thing I've read is that people are like going, okay, so they eke in, well, they won't do well if they make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes you really miss uh, Kirk Cousins if you're a Vikings fan. Oh, man. Yeah, what a drop-off. But that's mm-hmm. pretty typical. I am amazed at some of these teams that have been able to keep it going when they've lost. Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, they they lost their starting quarterback early, and uh, they're still in the hunt. It It does seem like some offenses are just more built to have a quarterback be able to kind of come in and run the system whereas other offenses need that kind of general in there to make things run through them. Um, so it, it's like, are you running the system or does the system run through you? Uh, yeah, I think and, it, also the your play caller. Um, I think that's kind of the, the knock Brock Purdy's been getting all year when it comes to the MVP vote, um, where he his stats are amazing. You know, he's playing great, but everyone's going, yeah, well... Shanahan makes everyone look good at quarterback in his system. So is he just a system quarterback? But I don't know. He, he's he been looking really good. Yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah. of looking really good, after the final week we have coming up here, Jordan Love has a chance to lead the league in the season, leading in touchdown passes. I know. I, I got a whole bunch of stuff here for Jordan Love that I... Do you? That I, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I do. <laughs> because I, I think uh, some of the... Uh, who's the guy that's sitting out this game that's right ahead of him? One of the top quarterbacks is sitting out the final week. And then uh, Dak Prescott, I think, is two touchdowns ahead of him. Okay. So he has well, a shot. It, and we've got it. I mean, the Bears' defense has really come into their own. Um, nah, it's just the Bears. Yeah. You got sweat on the defensive line. He's, I think he's got 12, 13 sacks this year. Um, <laughs> so... I don't know. It's uh, he was in complete control, and it really seemed like he had an answer for how aggressive the uh, the Vikings defensive coordinator Brian Flores was. Um, he had four total touchdowns, didn't take a sack, and didn't have a turnover worthy play. Uh, the Vikings blitzed him over and over, but he just beat the pressure. Yeah, they, and I don't think he would have been able to do that earlier in the year. No, they talked a lot about how aggressive the Vikings have been on defense and blitzing so far this year, or at least the latter part of the year. Um, And yeah, he just looked completely in control, knew what to expect, knew when to get the ball out and where, when the pass or the rush did get to him. And I think they talked about it in the game, but he just looked so calm back there. Like he knew what was coming at him and what to do compared to week one against the Vikings. He had a, had a good game, looked good. But he did not look calm. You know, he kind of had that frenetic energy, you know, anxious movement around and stuff like that. And I think Mm -hmm. we just were seeing him really come into his own and probably having the game slow down for him a bit. You always hear the top guys say, like, it took a while, but the game slowed down for me. And I started seeing things more. And I'm thinking that that probably helps him having sat on the bench for a couple of years. There were a lot of guys get put in there the first year. It's going to take them all year to to get to that point. Yeah, we we've talked about a few times, especially in the last four or five weeks here, about underthrown balls by Jordan Love or kind of weird wonky throws, where we're like, you know, it'd be nice if he would plant his back foot and drive into the throw. But watching this game, I mean, he threw off his back foot a lot, kind of falling mm-hmm. backwards a lot, uh, or falling backwards and not planting his back foot and just kind of weird angles. 
and just zipping it in there like tight spiral directly to the guy downfield and it was like oh if this is like some of his potential coming out like we might have our third qb yeah it's uh I am kind of leaning that way right now, but you feeling yeah, the love. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you brought up those weird throws because, man, it, it just you could have changed his number and his look on his face and put in Rogers or put in Favre. You know, just winging it. He had that one where I think you're talking about where he was kind of scrambling and he just jumped up in the air and threw it. I think 30, 40 yards, mm-hmm. and the guy was wide open. I can't remember who caught it, but. Um, it was just, it looked like a broken play, but I mean, he was just able to find the guys and it, it's just fun. I mean, you know, that's why we all loved, uh, Favre because he would just, all of a sudden he would just pull it out of the hat and make it work. But yeah, yeah, and it's I hard not to be high on him. It is, especially lately. Um, I know we've said it before, but he really does feel like kind of a hybrid mix between Favre and Rogers. Mm-hmm. Where he doesn't, not quite the gunslinger, throw it up for grabs that Favre was, but he seems more comfortable throwing it downfield in longer, more progressing passes than Rodgers did with, you know, getting the ball out quick, letting the receivers get the yak, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it's interesting. And they kind of talked about how he's been more comfortable now that LaFleur is letting him throw it downfield more instead of those check downs and quick you know, drag routes, things like that. Right, right. I am. Um, by the way, he was just announced the NFC Player of the Week yesterday. Um, so, congrats to uh, Mr. Love. SI.com had a <clears throat> had some pretty good info on there. It's uh, through his 30 touchdown pass, uh, 30th touchdown pass of the season uh, while we beat the Vikings. Um, we wrap up the regular season with a must win, as we know, against the Bears. Um, and do you know? Sean, how many quarterbacks in Bears history have thrown 30 touchdown passes in a season? Zero. They go back a long way. Zero? That's it. Is it? (laughs) In fact, if it's a Bears stat, you got to assume the worst. (laughs) Especially (laughs) about the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks go there to die, they go to to Green Bay to thrive. Um, Loves 300. 3,834 passing yards and 30 touchdowns would rank number one in Bears history. His 30 touchdowns versus 11 interceptions would give him the second best touchdown to interception ratio in Bears history. And he's one of 10 quarterbacks in NFL history and the first Packers quarterback to hit the 30 TD threshold in his first season, starting at least half of his team's games. I thought that was pretty cool stuff. That is cool. Uh, you have to be so frustrated as a Bears fan watching Jordan Love this season. <laughs> like Viking fans too, probably. But Bears fans especially, where they've been trying to find a quarterback for so long. A lot of them convinced themselves that they had found it in Justin Fields, and that mm-hmm. just does not seem to be the case. Um, in the last seven games this season, Jordan Love has thrown 16 touchdowns, one interception. Ah, that's so cool. And it's that only... Is- so it's... Prescott, he's two touchdowns behind. And Brock Purdy, he's one touchdown behind, but Purdy's sitting next week. Wow. Okay. Cool. Well, um, this is, uh, you know, pretty typical. Finish the season with uh, a um, divisional opponent, and it means a ton. Um, You know, if we win over the Bears, this will be the youngest playoff team since the NFL went to a 16-game schedule in 1978. So 40, or excuse me, four decades, over four decades. So that's it. We're going to win. It feels like that's a stat we we kind of <laughs> have flirted with for a long time, like youngest team <laughs> or youngest offense, because we, yeah. we have that tradition of drafting and developing. But now that Rodgers is gone, we're... By far the youngest team. <laughs> <laughs> Did you happen to see the quote that Justin Fields said about Green Bay? Uh, is it that it's going to be loud at the game because they have nothing to do there but watch football? Bingo. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, that's not that's no locker room fodder or anything, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and then you, then you got Rodgers on the other hand. They asked him, what do you think of the rivalry between Green Bay and the Bears? And he goes... They haven't beat the Packers in nine games. I don't call that a rivalry. 
Yeah. Yeah. One both teams need to be winning for it to be a rivalry. Yeah, we'll see it. Hopefully it's just the passing of the torch of Bears ownership to to Jordan Love. Um <laughs> speaking I, of our young team, I'm pretty I'm pretty high on this young receiver room at the moment after the oh, last handful of weeks. Um Jaden Reed making history this game with his uh 60th catch of the year as a rookie. He passed the rookie Packers record set by Sterling Sharp with 55 in 1988. Hmm, that's a great stat. It is. He now has 10 touchdowns on the season, too. He He's looked great. He's And he's oh. struggling with that chest injury. We saw him going, yeah. going in I and mean, out with. He had six passes for 89 yards and two touchdowns on just 15 routes. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. That's crazy stat. <laughs> it is a crazy stat. Bo Melton was our first 100-yard receiver of the year. How's that oh, for us? I was a happy stat? for him. Bo Melton. Hadn't heard anything about him up until the last few weeks here. All of a sudden, he kind of came know, out of nowhere. If you go to Arkansas or maybe even Kentucky and, and you go, hey, I'm looking for such and such place, and they go, you got to go up to Bo Melton. Bo Melton. It's up there. I'm Bo Melton. Yeah. Oh boy. Know, comedy's risky. Okay. <laughs> Do we have a crickets sound drop we can play? I I used to. I don't know if I still have it, man. <laughs> uh but yeah, he looked good. Um he and Jaden Reed combined for three touchdown catches. Tucker Kraft still looks like a solid tight end. Um he had some not only his six catches, 48 yards, but he had some solid blocks against uh-huh. their against some of their pass rushers. I agree. I agree. Star pass rushers. Um, and once we get, I think Musgrave, does he have a chance to come back if we make the playoffs? I think he uh, might. I believe he might even have a chance to come back this Sunday. Okay. There we go. And then he's, Christian he's Watson. practicing. Yeah. Who knows with Christian Watson? Um, Mr. Runs faster than his hamstrings can handle. <laughs> Did you hear uh, LaFleur said in the post game that they have it as a priority this off season to figure out what's wrong with his hamstrings? Yeah, try yoga. Yoga there. I I just when I he's I saw that quote, I was like, like what what are they gonna do? Like put in artificial hamstrings? Like we have the technology. <laughs> I hear you. I, I feel like there's only uh, so much you can do with hamstrings. It's just amazing on how much we spend on these players, but then we're like, well, we can't spend too much to keep them from getting hurt. You know, we gotta have a limit somewhere. But it, if I can go back on um oh boy. <clears throat> Because this this landed so well the first time. Four of his catches converted third downs. Five created first downs or touchdown. He did have one drop. where he um, It was a fourth down play. He was sliding. It was a catchable ball, but he, he was unable to do it. But um, just, gosh, it's hard not to get excited when you see these guys making some of these plays and understanding the game. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Uh... Of one thing that's interesting with Jordan Love, of his 11 interceptions on the season, nine of them have come on third and 10 or longer when he has to kind of take a risk to go for it. So it's out of 11, nine of them are long passes? Yeah, third and long. Okay. Wow. I feel like that's not too bad. If I was a quarterback, I'd take that. I you know it, it it's, it'd be worse if it was like they were short passes. Yeah, he doesn't throw a ton of short passes. You know, he's not a big. Fan. I don't think he looks there. Yeah, it seems like if if he has time, the ball's going at least eight ten yards down the field, which that's fun as a as someone watching it. You know, his average pass completion this season is seven yards. Oh, that's awesome. And then every once in a while, you get one of those pass interference penalties that help a lot. So, and another thing I know, you know, these numbers boundaries are kind of arbitrary, but he's at 3,843 passing yards on the season. You know, he so he needs 157 to hit 4,000 yards. That's always kind of a benchmark when you're like listening to media or announcers for you know, a successful quarterback season, 4,000 yards. Mm-hmm. I, I know agree. it's a, a, a game longer. The season is now than it used to be, but 
still. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I the article I saw that was talking about how he compares over the years with his first year as a starter, and they listed um, like quarterbacks that and the the amount of um, their first year um, playing. And man, there were some really big names in there. Um, and then some of them that go way, way back, you know, like the sixties, it's like, you know, that was not a pass friendly league back in the sixties. So they had to be something special. So do you think if we end up with our third hall of fame quarterback in a row, it will change the way part of the league looks at quarterbacks? Will it slow down this quarterback carousel that these teams are obsessed with and kind of force them to consider drafting and developing for a few years? Well, I think you the old know, one school team, way. One team that has a real opportunity to do this is the Bears, because they have the first pick in the draft coming up. So they they got that cream of the crop. You get to pick what you want. You get the quarterback. You put him on the bench for a couple of years. You let Fields go after his contract is over and see what happens. I don't. Yeah, is this supposed to be a strong quarterback class? this year do you know i do not recall because they kept saying some were weren't admitting they were going to come out and some said that um probably not and so i have no idea who's there available okay um yeah that the draft and develop they did kind of do that with patrick mahomes they had uh was it casey in there for his season i can't remember who it was but they they sat mahomes even even though they said he's going to be our franchise guy we're just not starting him yet. And I think it was only for one season, though. Yeah, his first year starting, I think he had like 50 or 52 touchdowns. <laughs> just yeah. insane. I think it was Matt Castle that he sat behind for a year. Okay. That, that sounds about right. That's a name we haven't thought about for a while. Oh, no, I got it written down on a piece of paper <laughs> I have on the wall. It is crazy when you start thinking back just a few seasons and all of a sudden the names are completely different. How yes. much turnover there is. Um, one other offensive player I'd like to touch on, if if you're okay with that. You touch on whoever you want, big guy. Aaron Jones. <laughs> Aaron Jones. Oh, my as He had a good game. He, he looks like he's back to healthy. Yeah, he sure did. 120 rushing yards. He had runs of 25, 19, and 11 yards. Mm-hmm. And 10 yards in route to that total. His... Uh, Second consecutive hundred yard game. So and he averaged six man, yards just, a carry. He's just crazy. He's mm-hmm. looking so good. He he is. Um average six yards a carry. It feels like AJ Dillon's kind of losing his ha- like split back status with Aaron Jones. For most of the season, when Jones was healthy, we saw close to an even number of carries each. And now it looks like uh AJ Dillon sharing that backup running back role with Patrick Taylor, who's starting to get more and more carries each game. Yeah, and Patrick Taylor doesn't look bad. No, he he's had some explosive runs. I've liked what I've seen. The only issues I've had with him is he's had multiple games where he's ended the game with big runs and stayed in bounds when he really should have gone out of bounds. <laughs> so young, young and hungry, yeah, young right. and hungry. <laughs> so uh, Mo Milton. Um, one player on offense that I thought he had a tough game, and that was our center, Josh Myers. He um, he let some pressures, had some bad snaps, um, and just just wasn't a good game for him. But uh, he did play well enough to uh, keep from any sacks. But uh, other than that, man, I thought our offense looked just hot. I think hot. so. Offense looked hot. Defense looked good in this game. Our pass rush, especially getting to the quarterback, looked good. We finally got another interception, which has been rare for us this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I think the big thing that we need to focus on as far as negatives is special teams in this game. Yeah, yeah. Rich Basaccia and his special teams unit. Uh, I mean, if if we do make the playoffs and we're trying to like get hot late, make a run. I think it's the special teams that could end up killing us. Yeah, I think you're right. And and I would hope by this time of the season, the special teams would be looking better than they did the first game. Um, but, you know, one, one thing on defense, though, I got to give credit to the defense on what they did with Justin Jefferson. 
my gosh, that guy is such a talent. And they targeted him nine times, but he only got 33 yards for the whole game. Um, so yeah. way to shut the guy down. Yeah, that was good. We had the Ballantyne-Valentine duo out there. Jair Alexander still not playing. Um, it, I'm sure it does help that the people throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson was Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins. Um, oh, yeah. Because there course. was one where uh, Ballantyne had, he kind of broke up the pass to Jefferson with, like, he swatted it down with his arm, got in front of Jefferson, and the announcers were saying, like, how good of a, a defensive play that was. And I was I'm like, you know, it, you have Kirk Cousins in there. He throws that over the top of Jefferson, right. who runs it in for maybe a touchdown. <laughs> yep. I agree. So I it, agree. it does make a big difference there. And I, we talked about it uh, just the other day on the phone. Makes me a little nervous that we have, you know, it, we gave up 30 points. You talked about that with Marsha um, yep. to the Panthers of all people who then got shut out the next week to a not great team. So they couldn't even no. score a point. Um, <laughs> but then we, we do well against the Vikings. If we do well against the bears and make the playoffs, like, do you think Joe Barry saves his job and we have to keep dealing with this? I do. You I do. do. Depending on, depending on how the numbers fall out. I mean, even if we make it to the playoffs and he's just doing too much bad stuff. But I just feel like he is LeFleur's guy. He just does what Matt wants, plays the way he likes him. Well, everyone in NFL media is always like, oh, I love Joe Barry, though. He's such a great guy. He, you know, just the kind of guy you want to have a beer with. And it's like, is is he so friendly that people don't want to fire him? Because, I mean, he, he won three games his first couple of seasons. I don't think it's because he's too nice. I think in the NFL, not for long, is what it stands for. Um, that'd be a pretty special friend to say, you know, I know you're sucking, but I'm just going to keep you on the payroll. Um, yeah. No, well, I, I just, it's going to be just dependent on how things play out. If we are able to hold the Bears like we did the Vikings or, or just even, you know, if they, just let them score a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. Um, that's you think great. he stays? I do. He, you know, he did get his first job as defensive coordinator under Rod Marinelli. He also happens to be Rod Marinelli's son in, or yeah, son-in-law. Oh, really? Yeah. So that that might have helped in the job interview. A little nepotism. Yeah. Do you think they just held it at like Thanksgiving dinner? Like, hey, that's should we where I step that's aside. That's where I and, went, man. That's yeah. exactly where I went. <clears throat> so. I mean, not uh, that there's nepotism in NFL coaching jobs. Just want to touch on, yeah, right. Um, Jordan Love's quarterback rating was 82.7. <clears throat> and Nick Mullins was 13.7. Jaron Hall. Q QBR, which is different than quarterback rating. I'm sorry. And Jaron Hall is 1.1. I can see that. Whoa, man, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we also held their rush pretty well. Ty Chandler, uh, their main back, had averaged four yards a carry. Alexander Madison only had three carries for 17 yards. Part of it is they got behind yep. very early and had to throw the ball. Uh, but then that's when our pass rush was getting there. So it's good to see. Um I f we felt good on very good on offense defense it was you know breath of fresh air this game and then we just have to worry about special teams do you yeah. remember that play at the end of the second quarter um they punted to Jaden Reed when he was still in the game and he called the fair catch like half a second before he was about to get hit like the guy yeah, I, didn't, I didn't agree with that call and that you didn't agree with the call no what do you mean they they took away the penalty they said yeah, he called it that, too late. I agree with that. Okay, yeah. When they called it a penalty, it's like, what is a defender supposed to do? Exactly. And LaFleur's on the sideline when they took it away all upset. I'm like, what? You can't be upset about that. Right. Like, right. If, if we were Viking fans, like, I always try to look at it from the perspective if I was cheering for the other team, you know, sure. how or if it happened in reverse. Um, like, I would be furious if they called that. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's just, it was literally boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Raise his hand, boom! The guy hits him, and they throw a flag. Look, but I, I give him credit for picking it up. 
Yeah, I do too. They they've called we've called a few late fair catches this season on special teams. I'm not sure if that's a intentional thing or if they're just taking too long to decide. Um Samari Toure came in at punt returner after Jaden Reed uh re-injured his chest. And Toure should have called fair catch, didn't, and ended up fumbling to Najee Thompson, who made a really nice play. Not only did he knock the ball away, but then he like got up, turned himself around, and beat him to the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It was a good play. And then you know that- one go ahead. I got one more thing for you. All right, I'll go. Your favorite thing. Anders Carlson misses another extra point, his fifth mm. of the season. No mm-hmm. other kicker has more than three on the season. You love that. You love missed extra oh, points. Oh, man. it's I just go I on the DVR. I just back it up, missed it. Back it up, missed it. Back it up, at, missed at it. At what oh, point do you just man. start going for two-point conversions every time? Oh, that's a great question. Um, isn't isn't that a one of those analytics things they say? Like technically, the analytics say you should go for two every time. I don't know about that. I do know that they got their chart figured out. If they're if they're down by X amount or if they mm-hmm. can get ahead by X amount, they'll go. And when they first started doing it, it was kind of confusing. But once you uh, once you do it, you kind of you get the hang of it. But one person I wanted to mention that I thought had a really good Keyson Nixon had a really good game. I thought he played a great game. He had 11 tackles, seven solo, um, half a sack. So, yeah, he had a good good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he had a good I one. Think... Um, I was really impressed with Preston Smith on defense. Mm-hmm. Four pressures, sack, and then the forced fumble um, was great. I, Isaiah McDuffie looked good. P.J. Slayton, who I don't feel like we've really talked about much this year. Slayton in the pass rush. He had two hurries, two stops against the run. Jonathan Owens, I don't know if you know about him, but he's married to Simone Biles. Who's that? (laughs) Two tackles without a miss and broke up the only target that was against him in coverage. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's uh, Like I said, we're never going to have a perfect game. I think there's some stuff that we can clean up on special teams. Speaking of which, did you happen to see we needed Seattle to lose or the Rams to lose. The Rams are playing the New York Giants. Do you know who stepped up to kick the game-winning field goal for the New York football Giants? Was it old Pepper Hair? Mason Crosby? Scrappy Pish. <laughs> yes, he's still Mason helping Crosby. us out. Just a little pooch, and he wide rights it. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, but thankfully, the the Seahawks lost, so we just got. Yeah, win. that was big for us. Seahawks losing um, to who did they lose to? Uh, here I got that. I got the scores. You got it. All right. Um, while you're looking that up, I wanted to bring up. Uh, we're so big on the offense on this game. There was a few red flags, mainly Josh Myers at center, just did not have a good game the whole game they're just kind of falling through the middle of the line that's every time love was getting pressured it was pressure in his face from myers he, he got flagged on holding on a big play and he allowed six pressures up up the middle in the game um and then john runyon or is it john runyon jr at right guard and left guard elton jenkins both got horrible grades in run blocking hmm. the uh Seahawks lost to the Steelers at home 30 to 23. Okay. Steelers. They've been a weird team this year. Yeah, they're kind of doing their annual thing. No, typically where they just kind of keep keep themselves in the game a little bit. And then Mike Tomlin's never away. had a losing season. No, I don't think he's gonna have one this year either. What what's their record? Do you know? Do you uh, have it right there? Hang on. I think it's eight and seven. Okay. Let me go back here. This is gripping radio. There we go. Uh, nine and you seven. Got it. Nine and seven. There you go. All righty. Well, how do you feel? You got any more about the game? No, no. I felt really good about it. Um, 
it would have been fun to do it, you know, right away after the game because, you know, the feel good vibes and, um, but honeymoon man, that takes precedence. So, um, watched uh, the replays yesterday and did all the notes and everything. So it's good. I got everything out. I wanted to good. How about you? Nope. I got nothing else. I think I'm ready. It was a fun one to talk about beating the Vikings. Always a good time, but I think I'm ready to move on to the game ball. If you are. All right. Now it's time for the game ball. This week's game ball goes to rookie receiver Jaden Reed, setting the record over Sterling Sharp for Packers rookies, 60th catch on the year, 10 touchdowns, two just this last week. I hope uh, that chest gets better because he is a threat when he's on the field. Congratulations, Jaden. Yeah, and they're spreading it around so much. Congratulations, absolutely, but... Just watching them spread around the ball like that, and we got tight ends that can isn't block it great? And catch. It's so fun. It it's the one of the main complaints we had with Rodgers for years at the end of his time in Green Bay is that he gets so focused on one receiver, mainly mm-hmm. Devonte Adams for a long time there. Mm-hmm. But like one guy would drop it, drop a big catch, and he wouldn't throw to him for five weeks. Hey, you know how about? <clears throat> but you take away half of your options because you have a grudge. Right. Speaking of grudges, this that's a very good segue for this about Aaron Rodgers. Did you hear about him and Jimmy Kimmel? I did. Because they, yeah. they have a little feud. It, it started back when Rodgers basically lied and said that he maybe didn't have the COVID shot. He, he said he had been immunized. He was immunized. But, but um, he did Apparently not. Apparently his Achilles was not immunized. And... So <laughs> Kimmel made fun of him for like, did a whole skit. Gosh, can you imagine a comedian making fun of somebody who lied like that? And well, that's just so wrong. So Rogers being, you know, the sourpuss he is when people pick on him, he started taking shots at Kimmel. And then um, he was on the Pat McAfee show this week and said that Kimmel's name is going to come up on the Jeffrey, what's its last name? Epstein. Epstein. Epstein um, released papers of company that hung around Epstein. If you don't know who he is, look it up. It'll take you one second to figure out what kind of a great guy this was. But the papers came out today and Kimball's name wasn't in there, but he's getting, his family's getting a lot of threats because of it. And he said, you keep this stuff up. Next time we talk, I'll be in court. Do you think Jordan Love's going to become a diva? Is that just the trajectory? Not. He doesn't seem like the type. He seems a lot no. more laid back and a man of the people with his team, kind of. Yeah, I mean, look at you. You grew up looking at me and saying, I'm not going to be like that guy. So that's, <laughs> that's what you got to do. Yeah, that's what Jordan Love did with <laughs> Rodgers. All right. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to go through some of the games? Um, sure. Here, let me update where the picks are at i won't go over the games that we did since it's a couple weeks out now sure um but we are so we wrapped up week 16 we skipped week 17 because i got busy on the honeymoon and forgot to send you the picks so we go into week and we week 16 i got two right over you you got two right over me so mike plus six is how we go into week 18 all right so you want to just concede or well, if we make the playoffs, we have a lot of picks ahead of us. Okay. <laughs> so my hopes rest on the Packers. But plus right, six is so kind of a lofty mountain to climb. <laughs> the uh, the Browns over the Jets. And old man, old man, Joe Flacco. Well, yeah, he's got to be close to 40 if he's not. Um, he was able to do it. And so the Browns made the playoffs. So Flacco's going back to the playoffs. So good for him coming He's in there. 38. Sean Watson. He's what? 38. Okay. So he'll be That's 39 cool. in just under two weeks. The uh, the Lions lose to the Cowboys in Texas in a close game, 19 to 20. 
uh, surprising. I don't know about you, man. I think you're more up on the Dolphins this year than me, but the Ravens over the Dolphins in Baltimore, 56 to 19. Uh, they're, Dolphins have had a great offense all year, but they've had a horrible trash defense all year as well. So that's not overly surprising playing against Lamar Jackson, who probably sealed the MVP win for himself with that. Oh, I, I, I think I it was a five touchdown performance. I think he, um, some of the other defensive coordinators were talking about him and they're saying, you just can't really scheme for the guy. Because if you do, he'll figure it out quickly. And so you just got to play your best ball that you possibly can. <clears throat> well, that's probably um, what the Dolphins that, were trying to do. Um, were you the one that told me that the Dolphins sports writers were complaining that the Ravens ran up the score? No, I didn't see that. You did? I thought you told me that. Because this is the Dolphins team that ran it up to 70 points against the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos. Yeah. So... No, I didn't see it. <laughs> Again, it's just like Packers win. Oh, my gosh. We got the best GM, the best coach, best quarterback. Packers lose. Fireball. Fireball. <laughs> uh, uh, <clears throat> did you hit on the Bears winning 37-17 over the Falcons? I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, I forgot we look at different websites with the games in different orders. Um uh, Bill Belichick loses again. He might be playing his last game for the Patriots this weekend. Uh, as Sean mentioned, the Bears over the Falcons. Coaching his last game, not playing his last game. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's playing. He's putting <laughs> put, himself put in. me in, coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. You got the Colts over the Raiders. The Panthers, as you said, blanked. They lose to the Jaguars. Um, Giants should have beat the Rams. Thanks, Mason. Surprising 49ers. to see that. You know what? A team that's really coming around in the last quarter is the Cardinals over the Cowboys. Or excuse me, my my thing just jumped. Why the heck would it do that? My hand's not even on the thing. Over um, the Eagles, thirty-five to thirty-one. That's crazy. Yeah, Eagles have been weird though. They've they've been struggling. They've let up a lot of points on defense. Their offense isn't nearly what it was last and season. They, they just don't look confident. They don't no. have the swagger. They they don't. Um, I think they're probably going to lose the division now to the Cowboys. They got um, the Saints over the Buccaneers, um, twenty three to thirteen. The Saints still keep their hopes alive that they can make the playoffs. And let's see, forty niners over the Commanders. They must have been sitting a lot of players. They should have won by a bigger margin, mm -hmm. twenty seven to ten. I don't think they were sitting players, but they keep winning. The uh, Steelers, we told you about that, thanking, helping us out with, over the Seahawks. Um, so the Broncos over the Chargers. The Chiefs finally get a win back over the Bengals, 25-17. to 17. And that is the scores from All right. the past week. So we go into week 18, Mike plus six. Our first game is Saturday 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Steelers travel to the Ravens. Can't imagine we will differ here. Um, well, I think they're going to be sitting a lot of the Ravens players. Um, I'll go with the Steelers. Really? All right. I had actually already written your answer down, so I will move that over. Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like, I, I mean, Steelers. You're getting are, cocky at plus six, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Steelers need this. The Ravens don't. I could see that. Okay. And if the Steelers, I think that, doesn't that keep the Bills out? The, oh, I'm the, not. The, you might have been following the playoff scenarios more than I've been the last okay. week. Anyway, so um, I picked the Steelers. You're picking the Ravens. Have the Ravens sealed the number one seed? I believe they have. Oh, okay, I, um, I'll bring up my. Uh, I'll still standing. take them. That's okay. You take the Ravens. Okay. Yeah, I'm still taking them. Uh, Texans mean. at Colts comes at Saturday night. Bringing up the standings. Oh, you bring up the standings. All right. 
Um, uh, between Texans and Colts, though, I'm going to go with... Ooh, this is tough on both teams, 9-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. Both teams in the hunt. Give me the Texans. I'm going to take okay, CJ Stroud. I'll take the Colts. All you, right. you take Texans, I'll take Colts. CJ Stroud's been a fun... I, I've only really seen highlights. I haven't watched Texans games, but he's a looks like a fun rookie quarterback who has a lot of potential. Yeah, I agree. All right. Vikings at Lions, Sunday at noon central time. Something... Uh, I don't think either team has anything they're really playing for. Does It might affect the Lions seeding still in yeah. the playoffs. But yep. Vikings don't really have anything they're playing for besides pride. And they might be trying to get a, a slightly better draft pick by not winning. Yeah. Um, I'll go with the Lions. Yeah, me too. Hard, you know hard what to pick against or pick the Vikings after seeing their defense let so many of our receivers just get wide open the whole game. Okay. That's one thing I wanted to mention when we were talking about the game I forgot to bring up. But some of their... It just so many. It felt like miscommunications in their secondary. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Um. You know what? I have. Do you th- give any credence to the theory that the reason why the Vikings played so bad is because Kirk Cousins and his son took their shirts off at the game so they do the skull chant? What you mean, like they cursed them or something? Yeah. Yeah. The curse of the, he had the big gold chain on and he had his shirt off. And well, isn't that referencing that like viral locker room video with Kirk Cousins? Uh-uh. <laughs> Earlier in the season, he or no, it was on the airplane. He was getting all pumped up and he took his shirt off, and the other players took off their chains and put it on him. They put them on him, yeah, and it became okay. like a viral video with Viking fans. Okay, you kind of broke up there a little bit, but oh. that's funny. Okay, let's get back to the before we lose our <laughs> okay. signal here. Uh, so I'm going to skip the Packers for last. We have Bills at Dolphins Sunday night. Yeah, this is a big one. Um, let me go back. Dolphins have a little pride on the line all of a sudden after that shellacking. <laughs> so um, I don't know what the conference, non-conference... Miami is in first place. Are they in the same division? Yeah. Yeah. Miami is in first place at 11 and five. Bills are at 10 and six right behind them. And their conference. This is for the division. Yep. This is their conference records. They're tied. They'll be tied if the Bills win. Right now, conference Miami seven and four. Bills are six and five. Sunday, Sunday night primetime. Division on the line. That's a fun one. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> the schedulers got that one right. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go. This is tough. I'm going to go Dolphins. Are you? Yeah. I'm going to go Bills. All right. I don't feel confident about it. but I, th- I, don't, I can't go either way being confident. I feel like the Bills just, they always break their fans' hearts. <laughs> They're not the Jets. Oh, but they... Every time, you know, they lost the Super Bowl four seasons in a row or something, and they've had all this potential. Now, finally, Josh Allen, as the Messiah, was going to turn things around for him, and they keep having again really good regular seasons, and then just breaking their heart. <laughs> so and that's why I'm picking the Dolphins because of okay. history. <laughs> all, right, all right, and then we're rounding it out, going back to the Bears at Lambeau. 325 Central Time, Packers playoff hopes on the line. Win and you're in. Yeah. I'm taking the pack. That makes two of us. All right. So we differ on three games. I have a chance to bring your lead down to three. But to make that meaningful, the Packers need to win. So we have playoff picks after this. That's right. Yeah, I just took a look at the 10-day forecast, <clears throat> excuse me, for the for Lambeau, uh, Green Bay, and um, it's not going to be one of those games we like where it's going to be chilly and snowy. It looks like just cloudy and a low of 25. Okay. Well, let me, you know, hang on, let me double check this. I'm, I don't like that link. 
Um, Sunday. Yep, 23. This one says 23. So, okay, cloudy. Chance of precip, 15%. We still got a few days to go. But... All right, brother. All righty. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for your patience with this coming out a little later. But we appreciate that you're here. We hope you've been enjoying the last couple Packers wins, and we wish you a exciting finish to the season against the Bears. Yeah. And happy New nice. Year. Happy New Year. Happy 2024, man. That's just crazy to me to say that. But Make you feel old? Um, no, um, yeah, just, you know, when we hit 2000, I was like, man, you know, and you're in the 1900s, that's what you grew up in, and then all of a sudden you hit 2000, and then 1994 years was, later, man. <laughs> 1990 was over 30 years ago. Oh, it's crazy. Your your <laughs> son's 30 years old. Does that yeah, make you feel is. old? You know, it's interesting about my son, though. It's like he uh, drank liquor, and then when he gets legal, he drinks a little bit longer, and then he quits. Not, I don't want it anymore. And uh, Not as fun without the thrill. <laughs> thrill of getting caught. <laughs> yeah, well, at least you didn't start like me when you were 15. So. <clears throat> All, All right, right, brother. Good recording with you. It's been yes, fun. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you after we make the playoffs. All right, buddy. Until next week after we get to the playoffs, go. Pack. Go. Thank you for listening to the Bleeding Green and Gold podcast with your hosts, Sean and Mike Reagan. Make sure to subscribe and check out the website at bleedinggreenandgold.com. Join the Facebook group. All questions and comments are welcome. Send them to feedback at bleedinggreenandgold.com. And until next time, go pack, go. Go.